Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. This is fun, isn't it? Life in the kingdom. Uh, life, just navigating life in the kingdom and on earth. Uh, my mindset is, what I'm passionate about really is, I, I think so much just about like the reality of who God is the Trinity is Father, Son, and Spirit, and 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 that He made this up, right? So we didn't start this. He started this. Not this, but this. He he started this whole deal, and I love that he 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 mentioned that in in um in John fifteen sixteen. He he said, "You didn't choose me." You didn't choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. And there's something about the fruit that will last that I'm interested in, because I don't, I'm not interested in flash of a pan, like just, just a, a cool weekend here or a great conference there or like a nice morning three years ago with the Lord. I'm interested in fruit that will last, fruit that will remain. I I don't want just nice moments, I want want to build my life in such a way that I can pass it on, the things that I learn and the things that I breakthrough in and the the things that I encounter I want to be able to pass that on to my kids I don't just want things to end with me I want it to go through me into my kids into the people that I lead like I didn't make this deal up God did he decided well in advance to see you and choose you and then he invites us in to choose him and I'm, I'm fascinated by just the intricacies and the complexities and the, the interconnecting parts of it all, of how we fit into him and how he fits into us and how it plays out and how it works out. Because there's, I mean, there's so many different things that we can believe, even as believers. Like every church you go to, there's a set of different beliefs. There's probably... It's probably a couple of handfuls of ones that we will agree on, but then the secondary beliefs, the way that things play, the different methods um, and the, the outward expressions of love, they will change from church to church. And I'm fascinated by that and I'm fascinated by how I'm wired and how there's lots of different interpretations and those secondary things like expressions of worship, expressions of prayer, miracles, signs and wonders, prophecy, how, how we believe that the end times are going to happen. Do we have an escapism mindset like hurry back Jesus or are we like, no, 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 let, let's see his kingdom come now much as we, we're going to have to kill this, yeah? Is that cutting out? Or is it okay? Okay. It was cutting out last week so we just, um, I get distracted super easily. 
but I'm fascinated by how it all works and how it all intertwines. Because we've got ideas and, and dreams and goals about what this life can look like with him and with our families and, and, and what he's called us to. He's created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. And he didn't, we didn't choose him, but he chose us to bear fruit and fruit that will last. So we were born for fruit. We were born to produce fruit and fruit that will last. And I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that he uses who I am. He wants to use who I am on the earth. That's Christianity 101. But he doesn't want to change me to the point that I'm no longer recognizable and use me. He wants to use who I am and transform me. But often we think that he just wants to fix everything and change everything. So I'm unrecognizable and it's just this ongoing journey of I better change, I better change, I better change. And we, we absolutely do need to change and it's not need to change but we need to change because our change helps other people change. But what I'm seeing, and I see in the life of Paul, is that he had a radical transformation, but the personality and the character and the nature and the temperament didn't necessarily change too much. But his spirit changed, and his mindset changed, the way he saw changed. Scales covered his eyes to get a new upgrade of how he saw He saw Jesus one way to the point of murdering his followers. But he had an encounter with Jesus which upgraded the way that he saw. When we get our upgrade in the way that we see, through encounter and intimacy and experience, our mindset begins to change, which is the transformation process. Do not not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's be transformed. Make no mistake, be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. Okay, so it's by the renewing of our mind. Why? So that. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you will prove the will of God. So we didn't make this up. He chose us. But he chose us to bear fruit and fruit that will last. So he's invited us into this plan to see everyone born again. That's wild. So he wants to use people for people. And for us to bear fruit that will last, it's got to be this embracing of this process to bring transformation into our lives so that we can reflect who we already are. So he sees us as holy and blameless and righteous, forgiven, saved, favoured, anointed right now. He sees us like that. 
But when we go on this journey of having our mind renewed, as we begin this journey of having our, our mind renewed and this transformation process continues, we actually get to reflect all of that truth. And I, I've been thinking lately about, am I allowing my life and who I am to filter the kingdom or am I allowing them to filter my life? Because we all have a filter. And I'm like, oh, is one filter, is my filter my life? And then everything else goes through that. So everything that I'm about, everything that I want to see, my passions, the joys, the things that annoy me, my, my character, temperament, personality, gifts, graces, everything, all of me, is that my filter? And then the kingdom and what he's about gets filtered through that. I'm like, oh man, this is complex, isn't it? <laughs> or is it the kingdom and everything that he is, his values, his heart, his ways, Moses, I don't just know what about you, I want to know your ways. Is that the filter and then everything that I'm about gets filtered through that? So I just replace my pool filter. <laughs> what a scene. What a scene. Like, I should nearly be arrested. How bad that was. Sorry for those that were swimming in the pool. <laughs> Let's just call it winter. Um, but wow, I've got photos, if you want to see the photos of the before and after. Um, but, but far out. Wild. Like, insane. And I, and I just... And at the same time, my mower stopped working. I was mowing my lawns, and I'm like, why is this turning off? Like, getting quite angry. Why is this turning off? It doesn't have a fuel cut-off switch, so it should be working, but it's turning off. So then I pump the thing ten times, and then it starts working again. I'm like, and then it turns off again. I'm like, what is going on? Spark plug, carburetor, air filter? Yeah, me me mechanic. Um, and then, like, there there's something wrong with the filter, so we're going to get it fixed. But I'm thinking like, I'm constantly, I don't know about you, but 95% of my thinking is about the kingdom and God and church and that's just me. And I'm just like, it's, I'm just constantly thinking and fascinated by how we all fit in. But I'm like, am I fitting into you or are you fitting into me? Am I filtering you through me or am I being filtered through you? It's that heavy, it's big, massive questions. Because we're all we're all being created in Christ to do great things, and Jesus says crazy stuff like, "If you try and hang on to your life, you're actually going to lose it." Like if you try and filter the kingdom and what I'm about through you, you will lose it. I'm like, oh. So I'm just I'm just on this constant journey like I've always been a, about God do stuff in me but it but it feels like he's ramping that up over the last two years when I've gone through some significant challenges neurologically and then how that plays out in my life and, and it really has almost I haven't on purpose paused the through me because that's manifesting in different ways it's manifesting in different ways not just approaching people and I mean, there's still stuff going on with friends and prophetic encouragement and praying and there's lots of stuff. It's just looking different. But there's more emphasis that he's putting on me and us on working in us. Yeah. 
because the sustained life of living the normal Christian life of influence, which that's why we're, that's why we're still here after being born again, that's why we've hung around, is to allow our lives to influence other people's lives, which brings us the most significance that anything can bring us. And I'm obsessed with my family. Like, I've told my mates, like, I haven't seen you for a while. I've said, yeah, I've just been laying low, just spending as much time with family as possible. But I want even that to be filtered through his kingdom. I want the kingdom to be my filter and everything goes through it. And he's inviting me and he's inviting us into a greater level of allowing him to work in us. Is that okay? Working in me and then through me. This transformation process. I love, I love the, uh, the, the call of the first disciples. Jesus appears on the shore and, and, he, and he says to Simon Peter and Andrew and then James and John, fishing. James and John, the son of Zebedee, Zebedee was there. Simon, Peter and Andrew, brothers, were there. And he called them and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says immediately they, turn, they, they dropped their nets, they left their father and they followed Jesus. And I'm like, man, that's insane. There's got to be some wild grace on his words. Like John, uh, Jesus said in John 6, 63, my words are life and spirit. And we know that they, his words are grace-filled. The, the synagogue ruler said that in Luke chapter 4. They marveled at the grace-filled words. So we know that Jesus' words are full of grace. It gives us the ability to do what we couldn't do before. So that's why when we read the Word of God with the Holy Spirit and allow it to come alive and, and allow Him to speak, there's grace on those words to do what it's encouraging and inviting us in to do. Can you keep me at the um, call of the disciples if I rabbit trail back? I might be there in 20 minutes, but um, I even forget where I was going to go just then. So that's what happens. Come on, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's, we've got to understand that, I'll, I'll keep going, I'll keep going. It's amazing. Embrace the brilliance in my brain. But like, they were, yeah, grace-filled words, that's great, that's great, grace-filled words. So there was something so weighty on his words that caused them to follow and drop everything. They were told about the Messiah. Psalm 145 says, and we will pass the works on to the next generation. There's something about holding close the works of God and what he's done and we pass them on. And there's prophecies and dreams. I wonder when the Messiah would come and you know, tucking the kids into sleep, talking about the one that would come. Like, the, like passing on the, the stories of God and, and, and it's, it's going to be continuing on forever and one will come. 
And there's, there's, there's letters and writings talking about this one that would come. And then he, so I don't know, like, if, if they heard the rumours and the rumblings. I don't know if they'd heard that because news spread and he was on the scene before he spoke to them. He didn't just appear and go straight to them. So I don't know if there was rumblings and there was things happening in their hearts. Like, maybe, maybe. I don't know. We don't know that. All we know is the Bible, Bible says, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fish as a man. And immediately they left their nets. And I've been thinking about this phrase, like, follow me and I'll make you fish as a man. And then I'm like, okay, follow me and I'll make you. I'm like, follow me and I'll make you. I'm like, that's cool. But it's more than cool. That's pretty significant. Follow me and I'll make you. I'm like, okay, I want to stop make, trying to make myself. Like, I want to stop trying to make myself. I want to stop trying to build myself. I want to follow you and let you make me. Like, you made me, but I want you to make me into Jesus. Like I said last week, we can't forget the point, the whole idea and the reason we're still here is to be conformed into the image of his son. To reflect Jesus everywhere we go to be Jesus everywhere we go and I'm like I want to follow you and let you make me I want you to lead me I want I want your words I want your words to to bring life and spirit I, I want I want my life to be about your words I want I want my value to increase on what you've said Are you alright? It's just a constant tension of what we're called to, our assignment, what he's promised, what he's prophesied, and where we're at right now. It's, const- it's, a, it's a constant tension. And we're navigating that constant tension. And it's super challenging. It's, it's super challenging. But I, I want to keep at him. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give in. I want to keep pursuing who he is. I want to keep growing. I want, to, I want to become more humble as the days go on. I want to become more teachable as the years go on. I want to be less worried about the life I'm trying to build and make and be more concerned about me and what he wants to do in me. And it's hard because we are suckers for control. So often we'll pause purpose and try and build our life around pleasure instead of purpose. Not realising that when we live for purpose, it brings pleasure. 
and we mix stuff around and think that we've got to control everything and make everything work. I was believing lies years ago that I had to create my own happiness because I was stuck in my brain of always being bored. So I would like always have to try and find something and make something happy because of dopamine deficiency, which is a neurological thing with ADHD. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I'm like, I'm just always bored and always needing something else. And I've been praying like, Holy Spirit, I need you to be, be my dopamine. I'm like, there's natural things. I, there's, there's natural great things that I can do. And that's healthy. But I'm like, he started this whole thing. It, it's, it's about him. He made it about us. He saw us far off and still chose to die for us and call us close. I know I'm fumbling through this. It's like, yeah, we're suckers for control. Like just trying to keep everything together. Yeah, thanks, Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you. He is so good. Yeah. Just trying to keep everything together. Avoiding discomfort, avoiding pain, avoiding awkward circumstances, which isn't boundaries, they're walls. And just trying to build my life Make my life, and yeah, God, Christian kingdom, works, church, community, fellowship, purpose groups, cool, yep, events, yep, but I, if it fits in, if it fits in with what I'm thinking, I'm like, we, we all put our hands up for that, like, oh, for sure, that's why fear, I mean, fear, it's because you're out of control. Fear on a plane. Why? You're not driving it. Oh, but there's more chance of dying on the way to the airport. I'm driving and I'm not going to crash because I'm in control. But when I'm in an airplane 40,000 feet up in the air, not knowing how the heck it can still happen, I'm handing over control to the pilot and the Lord. <laughs> Just suckers for control. But again... What the Lord, because he has called us to so much and the assignment has not changed of bringing heaven to earth and we haven't moved on from the goal of you becoming like Jesus and we haven't moved on from the Bible being authoritative and true and the guide for life, we've got to keep moving forward. But the big stumbling block is our humanity. And it's, an ongoing, it's going to be an ongoing thing, pardon the pun, to get our heads around it. Because we sing about it, we pray about it, we declare, we, we hear testimonies of all the stuff. And then there's us and there's me with my battle and my struggle and the not yet. And the, the me in the waiting. And that's a challenge. 
And the humanity is just the elephant in the room. So we're navigating everything, every promise of who he says that we are and everything that is now available and can be manifest in our lives and what we can see in our lives. We're navigating all of that through our humanity. Am I making sense? And then what we do, though, is we, we welcome shame in because we think our humanity is evil and no good. So we embrace shame and a falling short and a, I'm not there yet again and I'm messing up again, or I'm not thinking that again, or I'm not believing that again, or I'm not where I thought I would be again. And Paul's like, oh, no, 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 no. He factored in your humanity when he chose you and called you and anointed you and favoured you and graced you and gave you faith and gave you gifts and gave you an assignment. He absolutely factored in your humanity when he chose you and called you. And it's not actually a hindrance. It's actually the key to go to new levels in him. Because what we think is attached to an old nature is actually like the mistakes and the shortcomings and the stuff that we just fumble over and again and again and again. And I'm not talking about habitual sin. I'm just talking about weakness and struggles and challenges. But for those that we constantly do, we revert back and pin them to a sinful nature. And it's like, oh no, that's not the case. This is just pinned to patterns and habits and experiences and neural pathways that are developed over time and it's attached to your humanity. And he's inviting us in to see our humanity in a different light, which will bring freedom. I might read these just for a little bit. There is, a, there is a significant upgrade available for all believers when we begin to understand that us having struggles, challenges and weaknesses is not because we have a sinful nature, but rather because of our humanity. Which is not something to shy away from, but to actually celebrate. You don't have to agree yet until I unpack it a bit more. Because, yeah, I mean, if someone just said that, I'm like, what the heck are you talking about, mate? Our weakness is not our sinful nature, it is our humanity. So I want to I open up Paul a little bit and then we'll land. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7-9 in the Passion Translation. This is Paul, born again, called by God, wrote 13 epistles, um, the guy in the New Testament, the, the, the picture of transformation from darkness into light and, and just phenomenal leading people to Jesus, establishing the church, um, modeling Christianity. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like, the man, the dude, amazing. 
He taught on that we don't have a sinful nature. He taught on our righteousness in Christ. He taught on our power. He taught on the, the gifts. He taught on all the, the, the doctrines and the belief systems that we adhere to and follow today. Like he, he's the guy that set this up for us. He's the one that we get the kingdom theology, the victorious eschatology from. Phenomenal. So we need to know that because he then talks about this that could contradict all the promises and everything that's available for new covenant believers now. You okay? Yep. So this is then him talking a little bit different. He goes, um, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9 in the Passion. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. So that, I'm going to say that again. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure So that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, amen, we're not crushed. We can be, but he's declaring we're not because he's learnt tools to live in tension. That's the key. Responding well in trials to learn tools in tension, knowing that trials bring upgrades. Mountaintops are cool. We love mountaintops and we just try and keep ourselves up here and avoid pain and discomfort and I'm not feeling good. And, uh, and uh. But, but when we avoid, 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 we don't grow. It's in, it's in the stuff when, our, when we're brave and we say yes to things and we say yes to him to work in me and, and here it is. And we know he knows, but when we say it, it's scary. And we let a person in or people in, not too many, but someone outside your spouse, let them in to see who you truly are and how you truly feel. There's upgrades and growth in that. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. There's, there's more in that line than meets the eye. So we read that, oh, we're not crushed. No, no. There's years and years of growth in that he can say that. So I don't know, I just got crushed. No, no. How, I want to know how I cannot be crushed. So that's like three months worth of, that's all I need. I can go in with Jesus for three months to learn that. I don't want to be crushed when I go through it. I want to have that testimony when I go through it. I don't want to be crushed and just revert to stuff. Avoid, booze, whatever, porn, whatever. I don't want Crushed to the point that I just react and run away from Jesus. I want to run to him knowing that he is absolutely embracing and loving my humanity. Why? Because he didn't just come as Jesus, son of God, resurrected. He came as a baby. He set this whole thing up and he thought it was a great idea to become a vulnerable baby that needed to be fed and cleaned up. Though we are not crushed, at times we don't know what to do. This is the guru of the New Testament, the, the dude of the New Testament. <laughs> Sometimes my language will get me into trouble. Put that on the reel. Um, at times we don't know what to do. Honesty. L last week I sat here and I said to Dylan, I go, mate, I have got no idea what I'm going to say. And then you become vulnerable and God just like does ridiculous things. 
I said it again to Mark today, and you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly. At, time, at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. Then it moves down into verse 15 to 18. We may be knocked down, but not out. And again, there's beliefs in all of these things. They're not just lines. They're, they're believed by him. He is fully convinced of who Jesus is. Yes, all things work for your enrichment. So that more of God's marvelous... This is, he's talking to you. All things work for your enrichment. So that God, so more of God's marvelous grace will be spread to more and more people. Like I said at the start, the transformation process, the hard, going through the hard times to become like Jesus, squeezed, but we become like Jesus because he was squeezed. When we become like Jesus, when we allow that enrichment to happen that can only happen through going through it, more of his marvelous grace is released through our life and affects more and more people. That's the goal. That's the goal. There's no greater fulfillment of joy and peace and happiness and contentment and fulfillment and significance that comes through living for Him. Let Him be our filter. God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing Him even more glory. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is being renewed every single day. Our, even though our outward body is wearing out, even though we believe in divine health and that we can get healthy with age, there's an acknowledgement that things slow down a bit. So tempted. <laughs> For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being, our inner man, our inner world that no one sees is being strengthened, renewed every single day, if we let it. Verse 17, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond comparison. Because we don't focus on our attention on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on. I want to get into a bit of a flow here. I want to get away from this computer but I need to just write, uh, just say something. I'm struggling for time as well, my goodness. Just talking to myself. I want to land this. So, there's a big fat tension that's happening all the time because of the complexity of us and the complexity of the kingdom. Happens, it's happening all the time. And we think our humanity gets in the way and we've just got to get better. Stockman wrote something today. We think Christianity is about getting fixed. He said something about it's, just a, it's about attachment. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, that, that's good. 
Like we think that our humanity is a stumbling block for the assignment, but it's not. Because broken crayons, crayons still colour. And Paul got this. He learnt this. And he learnt it from Jesus. So this is Paul, and then, yes, we can land. Hey, can you jump up, Desmond? That'd be really good, mate. Thanks. Three times I pleaded, this is Corinthians um, 12, 8 to 10, the Passion. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. But he said to me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Just wild. He said to me, my grace is always more than enough. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness. This is Paul. Who's announcing every promise. Who we are in Jesus. What's possible through his spirit the assignment and everything that he's called us to that will bring life. He's saying, I will celebrate my weakness. For when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness. It's not a hindrance. But I'm delighted. I'm not defeated. My weakness and endure mistreatment when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness then becomes a portal for God's power. We often think our humanity is a hindrance, but God's power is actually perfected when we embrace it. Jesus, resurrected Christ, still has scars. I thought being polished up would have been better. The resurrected Christ, the one the Holy Spirit is conforming us into, not Son of Man, Jesus, being conformed to the image of, image of Christ. As He is now, so are we in this world. And, and they thought it was a great idea to keep the scars. Resurrected Christ. Touch my side. See the holes in my hands. Heaven embraces humanity. Make no mistake, this is absolutely a supernatural experience with a supernatural assignment, with the things that are so unjust and so wrong can only be and sorted and solved by the supernatural power of God. But He's chosen to use the vessel and you, body, soul and spirit, He's chosen to use you in this era, in this time, on this continent, in the family, your age, right now, He's chosen to use you despite everything that you think is missing and wrong. And of course, we work on things and we allow Him to work in us. Because there is a standard. Jesus is perfect theology. There is a standard to live by. There's 613 Old Testament commandments. There's 1,050 New Testament. 
broken down to 800. So there's more instruction on Christian living in the New Testament than there is in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament was you better or else. The New Testament is, can I invite you into? So can we do that? Can we give ourselves a break while continuing to grow and continuing to pursue Him? And I want to be transformed. I want my, my, my emotions and my responses and my decisions and my mannerisms and my interactions with people and my thoughts about people. I want all that to be like you, Jesus. And right now, it's not the case all the time. I want your power to work through me every day and not just at church. I don't want church to become this weird God highlight. But let it flow every day. And that's not the case at the moment. So I'm going to pursue you, Jesus, and become more humble and more teachable and allow my life to be filtered through the kingdom and not the kingdom to be filtered through my life.